You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn, and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Greetings. This is Quantum Leap Book Club. This is Parisha, your hostess, and my co-hosts this week are all over the world. They're everywhere but here. We have a couple that are still hanging out here with me, and that would be Joyce Mullenauer in Arizona, and that will be Geraldine Dalby-Ball in Sydney, Australia. Marianne uh, and Michael and also Trina, they're all out traveling, doing things and delivering happy messages to the world. Uh, So we're going to have a little bit of a short staff, but we're going to have some long conversations. So I appreciate very much that you have joined us this week. I want to go back over because I understand that we have a lot of Joe Dispenza fans that are joining our show, and I appreciate that very much. And I would be delighted to hear from every one of you exactly what you have accomplished with actually practicing and doing the particular changes that Joe has written about here and breaking the habit of being yourself. And I want to go back to something that uh, I'm told we've already discussed. And we, I go back and forth in this book. If you could see my book, it looks like it's from the ancient days. It's gotten so much wear and, wear and tear on it. But I wanted to go back to actually looking at the coherence in the particular pages that we have here, which would be page 23. If you have your book, please go there and join me. Wave patterns. And here is where uh, Joe actually goes in depth with coherent wave patterns and looking at how those particular guidelines can help us get ourselves kind of straight and in, in, in spot. Okay. And so one of the things I find with people who are close with me and that I have interaction with pretty much on a regular basis is actually the fact that people don't understand the importance of the feeling. Remember the particular understanding that body and mind have to be in sync in order for the quantum field to activate. And, uh, I have a lot of people who, who in and around all of my travels, that people will take issue with Joe and his books. I mean, everybody has some positive and negative, I guess, but they've had no luck with it. You know, they have their many scenarios of blames and, and denials, okay? And this seems to be a major one to everybody about the feelings and the, you know, mind and body, all right? And so Joe didn't actually discover quantum okay this was over 100 years ago beloveds someone else did that and started bringing that forward joe's just one of the many of us that have actually come to see how we can actually function in it to our own desire and so one of the things that he brings out in the book that i feel maybe would help people who are having some of these controversial interactions with it go back to looking at the wavelengths and understanding how we have to synchronize okay and so basically if in your heart you are actually very much convinced that this is what you want you desire i mean you're really just determined on it but you have really not easy feelings 
It's the difference in being able to lie to yourself and fake it and to actually make a determination and actually determine and move with it. So, yes, you may be saying, and of course you are saying, if you're asking and want something totally different in your life. And it's in this particular section of the book where Joe actually says that in order to have the quantum experience, you can't actually be prepared for it. It it, have, it has to be the unknown. It has to be the immediate, you know, come out of nowhere. And so when you're thinking to re citing whatever you have determined the practices and that you're you think you are synchronizing okay the feelings and the particulars okay you read if you're not getting results you're not doing it right because i'm telling you when i have taken time with people who are saying it's not working for them and we actually do, you know, I stay right with it and we do an interaction and I and I walk them through it and I help, you know, I'm very present with them in it. They get results. They they are totally blown away of, of how this come about. And I mean, in most cases, they're shocked to the point that they don't know how to explain to me what is happening. And I love that. I get I get hey, I get really high on that because it's success. And it is, it's simple. It's not complicated. It's us that complicate the situation by thinking it has to be very hard. Well, I, you know, for some, it may be, I'm not going to even make that a negative. If it's hard, it's hard. Okay. But if you simply do it, if whatever your struggles are or whatever your sufferings are, I mean, whatever that is, then do it, but it's just staying coherent, coherent means, okay. Simply being in sync. So my heart and my body has to be, my mind and body has to be in the same place. I have to want what it is I want, know in detail what it is I want, okay, and have the feeling of having it. The havingness is important. If you're if you're saying that you want to have that house, you went to see, let's do an example here. You went to the house of a friend for lunch or something, and you saw how beautiful her home is. And you realize that she works at the same place you work, you know, and her husband has a job over here, and your husband has a job over here, and you maybe are a few numbers pretty close as far as income. And you see what she has, and, and you look at that thing, and why can't you have it? And then you pick this book up and start learning the possibilities of you having it, okay? And then you start trying to put all that together, all right? But you have the details, what it is you like about her home. You like the beautiful white furniture in her living room. You like the beautiful, you know, objects and accents and so forth, and, on. and then you go home. And you look at the drab presence of your home, um, you know, whatever the changes and differences would be. So you know in your heart what it is you really want it to be. And then you begin to think about how that and have the imaginal working with you, how that you could actually make your home the way you want it. Okay, simply buying it, what you want, using your budgets if you have one or whatever, but really knowing that it's a process you can achieve. So then you have to get yourself organized here so that you don't keep looking with envy at her place and going home to yours, and you don't go home to yours without appreciation and gratitude. 
So now you want to go, and I've had, and I've done this many times, and I'm using an example that I have had actually involved in twice now. So you go home and you start looking at your house. And in one part, one of, one of the stories, the woman went home, looked around her home, and saw how unorganized her place is. And her husband and children are one of those people that they pick up and leave wherever it is, okay? And so she realized a lot of it's cluttered and everything else. So she felt that if she cleaned, you know, had maybe just take a weekend and made everybody pitch in, get everything organized, get the house all clean, get it. And even as I suggested this, why don't you rearrange the furniture if you can, you know, get, get everything mixed up here, get different. And so she did that. And so at this point, she was actually feeling grateful. She, we talked about it and looked at it and everything. And it was, she was feeling grateful for what she had. She understood that what they'd had to do, the work that had to be done, so forth and on. So she was very grateful. And she says, but still, and there is that, but still, she wanted the, the more the decor and the more feelings and whatever she gets from her friend's house. So she started to looking at how would I, how would I do that here? And so I had her write it out for me. And then her and I actually sat and discussed the differences. She took pictures. We looked at those. Okay. And then it's like, okay, so tell me how you see your house. Walk me in the front door. Let's go in the front door. What am I going to see? And so she had actually done a very detailed and good job at setting it up and knowing exactly how and where things would be placed, the colors, you know, everything was very good. And then when she was, share, was sharing with me, I expected to hear enthusiasm, you know, like uh, some, some dynamics in the way that she was sharing it. And it was, it was kind of flat, monotone, you know. So I said, well, I can tell you the details and everything on it sound very specific. You know, you're very clear, but uh, I, don't, I don't hear any excitement. I don't hear any belief. You know, I don't, I don't hear any, any charge. And so she says, well, when I'm looking at that, thinking about that, I'm also thinking about what, you know, what that's going to take. And I said, but we don't have to do that in the quantum field. We have to realize that what we are doing is what it's going to take. And the take that we have to be aware of is our ability to focus and feel. So we talked about it and I said, okay, so what would make this realistic for you? And she said, well, I realize it's going to be a gradual situation and it's going to take time. And, you know, I'm going to have to replace furniture a piece at a time. And I don't know, you know, exactly how much time that's going to take because I haven't really budgeted for it. But, you know, I'm looking at probably six months. And I said, well, you know, okay, that's maybe practical, but I, I, for me, it's, it's not okay, because it's like it's going to happen when I make it happen. And so if we just don't put a number on it, you won't drag it out. Maybe something comes up, you know, maybe something drops in your life. Hey, maybe you even win a lottery. What, what the heck? Just leave it open. Okay, so she did. And then she said, okay, the first thing that we have decided is my husband and my two boys, we're going to paint the house. We're going to paint the inside of the house this weekend. We've already got the paint. We've got everything. You know, we're going to do the painting. Start from the walls, work inward. 
I told her, okay. And meanwhile, while she's talking to me about the painting, I can see some charge. You know, I'm seeing she's liking that right now. And so the feelings there, and I pointed that up to her. So tell me how you're feeling right now about the painting. And then she said, it's been almost five years since we've done any refreshing and painting of the walls. And I'm I'm really excited about that. That's going to, that in itself is going to be a huge enlightening experience for the house. Okay. Okay. So we know that we've got the feelings, we've got the details. So let's just do it. Okay. Let's just stay with it. So she called me like two or three times excited about just how it looked in the one room. And when they did the hallway, it actually made the entering of the house a whole different experience, blah, blah, blah. It was, oh, the excitement was high. And then she said, you know, so we're then when we get through with all of this, we're just going to enjoy this for a while and just keep focused on the fact we're going to be replacing furniture as we go, right? It's okay, good. So then she had, she belonged to two organizations and her husband was part of some group as well and so when about four days at most had passed okay I get a voice message and it's her and I mean she's jacked okay she is jacked and she goes I've already got the sofa I already got the sofa and it's the exact sofa that I wanted I can't believe it I was just open to anything with this color so basically what had happened they had these organizations they went to some fundraisers that they were putting on and so forth and on. So they did some raffle. The raffle was the sofa. She never ever expected that would be it. She's still thinking she's got to get the money for it. But all of a sudden here you got the sofa, the raffle. They delivered it to her house two days later. Okay. Her husband got so excited with her over how good the sofa looked. Okay. He pitched in, they budged it. They got two chairs. When they went to pick up the two chairs, okay, in the store on some 50 or 60% sale, because it had a little scratch on it here or there, she got the tables, the end tables. In less than three weeks, she had totally refurnished her living room, totally refurnished it. That would have been sofa. There were some chairs that come up. There were end tables that come up. There were some lamps, okay, and it just started to happen so in three weeks, she had a whole new living room. And, and then now she's even jacked more, right? So then she's looking at the, the bedroom. The bedroom is a depressing bedroom. And she started telling me how she's going to do that. I said, okay, remember, do not set the example. You have to be open for the unknown. You have to not feel that you know what you're, what you're doing and how it has happened. Because all you can do is talk about who you are and where you were, not what you are now and where you're going. And I think that most of us miss that, that we have to, it comes from the unknown. If we're planning on exactly how we're going to get this, what are you planning from? You're, plant, you're actually planning from a fixed mind. You already think you have the solution and the answer. The point is, no, you don't. When we're working with quantum, we need to come back and really educate ourselves to quantum and the many facets of it. And to know that the feeling part of it has to come from your faith and trust. That's not a word that people wear too easy. I'm aware of that, okay? But for me, it is faith and trust that the unknown is, has no particular limit or any particular anything. Everything could happen. Anything is possible. And if you 
are looking to see what kind of frame of mind you're in. That's exactly what it is. Anything is possible. And allowing that these stories become your story. And it's nothing other than, you you know, if you're going to sit there and budget it, if you're going to try and actually worry now that you won't be able to get the exact thing because, well, it doesn't work that way for you. Well, you're damning yourself already. You got to get out of that. Okay. So I really, really want those of you who've been talking to me about this isn't working and blah, it's just a bunch of poof, poof, or whatever. Go back to this. Go back to the coherence chapter. And that, or it's not even in, it's inside the chapter, the first chapter. So go in there and look at that and ask yourself in reality. Don't just read it, okay? Digest it. Read a little bit. Think about it. Are you in there? Is that how you're doing it? Is Are you seeing it that way? And know that there, what we're, we're talking about the quantum field and we get into the deep sciences or the head part of this, okay? We're talking about tiny, minute, invisible energy. And you're trying to make, you know, like I have children when I work with young people, I have them draw me an atom. And don't you know, they all draw the atom that's in all of the books, you know, it's the little circle and the little things going around the little dot and stuff. And when I tell them, and so how do you think somebody knows that when nobody has ever seen an atom? And then they start looking and thinking about it. I go, oh, yeah. I said, so what we have done is superimposed an image to how we think it would look. And what's the odds that we might be off a little bit? So we have to then be open that this is the best we can do with how we are perceiving it right now and be open for the actual understanding that as we grow and in technical ways, we actually can possibly one day be a see a physical atom we won't be prepared at all for what it's going to look like can we accept that can we can we allow ourselves the faith of being in that no space no no determination or understanding space the faith of you being far more than you are those things work so in both my examples it was actually doing the doing of the physical changing of a home and the effects of that, not only on the person, but the whole family. And especially respect in the second story, the, the young people had come to not appreciate anything in the house was being, you know, would break things, uh, not take care of things, even their own things and stuff. And in the short, and, and I'm looking at this over eight months ago, the kids are all taking care of their stuff. The kids are all being respectful of the fact that now the furniture is lighter, so they can't eat and spill and do all the other things on the, you know, on the food, putting the foods on the things and eating at the table instead and so forth. So the household has changed. Totally unexpected. Not anything that this person, this woman never thought that her kids could ever get like that. So when we open to the unknown, that's where we can actually understand what we say is coherence. If it's something that you think you know exactly how you can control and do it and make it happen, that's the hard part you're making. Hard, hard, hard. It's when you know what you feel and you know what you can see and what you desire it to be. And better yet, it can be. 
come into the feelings, please bring it into being able to identify that in your heart, your mind, and your body, you are definitely wide open and knowing that it's all going to come to some magnificent, beautiful experience. Just remember that. Let that happen. Change your storyline. Okay, we're going to start out with this, this particular chapter, which is chapter two. Okay, overcoming your environment. And I'm going to let uh, Geraldine, Geraldine, can you pick it up from here and actually share some of that and get us going there? Certainly. And yes, chapter two does start with overcoming your environment. And a, a key thing here that um, is being shared, like you've just heard about the quantum, that our thoughts influence the reality. There's a question that goes out to say, even if you haven't really taken this on as something true for you yet, at least say, well, what if? What if? And I've actually found that a really powerful thing because when I say, well, what if that's true? And then I look into my environment. If everything adds up with that, what if? Then, hey, it's time for me to look a bit closer at that. So what we're having here is overcoming your environment is just as that wonderful story shared, the thoughts and the feeling influence the outcome. And that's a big part of what we're looking at in the opening of Chapter 2. And it says that there's either the external environment, which is why the whole chapter is about the environment, the external environment is making you or you are making the external environment. And it's a subtle change whether you allow yourself to be affected by what you see or you are affecting the things that you see. And so it goes through uh, that ability when you look at the world, if you think it's out there, and he uses the word that's used is subjective. And I know when I look at the world, it's like, well, there's a tree, you know, there's a computer, there's a desk. It is out there. It really is. And that's okay. But it's, does that then also equal separation and no interrelationship with it? So this first part of the chapter is taking us very much through knowing that there is an interrelationship. And he showed in the chapter before the quantum that it's all there. And as we interact with it, the nothing, the void, that's when it becomes something. And this is a really beautiful thing to keep going to, the void. And I appreciate the stories from um, Grandmother Parisha as well that so much keeps coming forward about the void, whether it be a black hole and what we were just talking about there. What could an atom look like if we actually saw it? And then if you go and study more about black holes and the information being that every atom is really a black hole. So every piece that makes you is a black hole. And while I was reflecting on the chapter, um, so-called randomly, one of the notes that came up was a quote from Nikola Tesla. And it was saying how uh, the science at the time was saying, hey, there's little pieces of stuff. Yet Tesla was saying, no, it's all energy. So this is another part where we're looking to say, what is that energy? Where did it come from? And the chapter's telling us that it comes from us. So as we think, we influence that energy. That energy then has information because we thought it and we felt it. We have to have the 
thought and the feeling to have information. And I recall another time being with Grandmother Parasha in the desert, driving along and suddenly really hearing that word information and realizing it's in formation. So you have a form that's come from the information. So that information comes from us and what we're putting out there. And that's a, a little start of the environment being more than out there. It's actually a feedback loop. It starts with us. We think it, feel it. We put it out there. It's reflected back to us. And personally, I've seen this when I create so much work, so many reports due, etc. And then I'm focused on that. What will I do the next day? I realize not only have I got a chemical addiction to the adrenaline of you know, solving the next thing, but there's also a, a mental running through of what's required, what clients need their things. And that's what I've been sending out. So what do I get? More of that. The key, as others will cover as well, is what does it look like when it's different? And that's currently a big part of the transition that I'm going through. What does it look like when it's different? So basically what you're sharing then is, is the follow through. Give us more on that. What, what, does, what, what are you expecting and how are you seeing that? What does it look like when it's finished? What it looks like when it's finished is that the day has the things that are beautiful. Waking up in the morning, greeting the day, feeling that joyfulness. And it also includes, so the feeling is a big part of it. And then what it looks like is that there is order. So when I see it, there's order. When I look around everywhere, there's a beauty to it. The leaves aren't at the front door. The broken pot has been recycled. There's Instead of looking at them and going, I'll get to them later, which means I'm not in present time because I'm putting things out. Everything as I look is beautiful. And it may mean that sometimes I need to change my perception and look at that broken pot and for a moment say, you're a beautiful broken pot. So again, it's very much about the internal component of it because I know that I can live it right now. And again, in that reading of Tesla, he said he felt that he didn't achieve his life's purpose because he didn't light up the world you know, with the energy. But he still had joy. He said, but I still have joy every day. And I thought, here it is so many years later that he's left his physical body yeah. and we're beginning to light up the world. And that, that had a big impact on me as well because I think many people can go around saying, I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm doing enough. But if, you, if I can be joyful in the moment, I'm doing enough. And that's been a big part of it. So when you ask what does it look like in the end, it's that in each moment I'm able to feel that joy and emanate that out irrespective of my external environment. And then, yes, I have some, some uh, frequency-specific things about how it can look. But most of them, I have a very beautiful place. I have beautiful environment. It would be the freedom of time that I can be my word. So when I say, yes, you'll get that report tomorrow, they'll have that report tomorrow. It's that simple. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And at, at this point of things to, to actually what we're reading here in the whole environment thing, the beautiful part of it is, is like, I know you, cause you stay as busy as I do. There are those of us, especially the co-hosts of this show 
I mean, we maximize 24 hours into 48 or 72 hours just by doing it, putting putting that joy in it and adding other things in it because it's just joyful. It's not not trying or tiring or anything, okay? And at, at that point for us just to realize like what you do, the work you do with the forest and the replanting of trees and anything, you plant one tree and you have this beautiful heart and you you see the life and the entity of that tree and you bring that tree, I pick you up on the waves all the way over here on the United States, okay? You, the, the thing that we must begin to absorb is how far reaching we really are effective. So we're trying to help people not minimize themselves. And like I said, I, and, and I think it was one of the books we read that where I know you took issue and some of us took issue about saying that we don't, we shouldn't be multitaskers. I don't know how to not have multiple effects on one thing that I do. It's just part of me, you know what I mean? And I really looked into it after reading that because it was something that bothered me. And I realized that I'm so joyful. It's like I can walk, say I get out of the car to go to a bathroom at the garage or at the gas station like we do. And if I see from the fact that I get out of the car to the gas station bathroom, and I see a can or I see wrappers or something, or, you know, I see somebody else having a hard time with their windshield or something. I realized before I actually enter that bathroom, I've interacted with pe other people and other things on a massive level. You know what I mean? And I don't see that as tiresome or encumbersome or, you know, whatever. And so that begins, the, the success you're having begins to what? Prepare you for you being the much bigger picture. And you do it beautiful, Geraldine. Thank you for everything you do. Okay, so it's 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 obvious that whatever you do, distance doesn't limit you. I appreciate that. Okay, I think we have Joyce ready there. Joyce, can you share some part to open up here? Yes, uh, these few pages that I'm focusing on today, I think, give us a very clear uh, framework for what the quantum law, how the quantum law fits into this. For instance, I, I don't think I really had um, accepted that my environment also included the circumstances of my life. So that this uh, moves out into lots of directions when you talk about environment. And he, he talks about a few aspects of the quantum law. One of them being that the mind is actually your brain in action. And there's quite a visual that comes out of these few pages because he, he helps the reader and, and actually expanded my thoughts on this as I read it again today, was that the actual repetition of something that we are doing gets those neurons almost as if they were pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. And the jigsaw puzzle isn't complete and solid until all the pieces are there. Well, the pieces get so solid in our neural network that they're, they're locked together. And we, we create the circumstance for ourselves that we're, we're like robots moving through a day. And we think that we're making a decision of what we're doing, but, but actually if we're locked into what we did yesterday and we're doing it again today, that's no different than being a robot. And, and that was kind of a shocking acceptance that I reached today 
just contemplating all of this. So it was interesting that just having returned from our journey of a, a quite a distance away and having my own routine change totally from morning to dusk from what I usually do. These pages help me relate to that because I recognize that, okay, it was, it was actually a freedom. It was a, an adventure. It was a chance to look at myself on the things that I have locked myself into and come back with a totally new uh, perspective, as well as a totally new um, extreme desire. Because I, I have said over time things that I desire, but with grandmother going again into thoughts and feelings and how you have to really have that feeling, I, I know that there have been times I've, I've tried to fit it into something that's known. Well, it's unknown when you get in a car and you start going through areas that you've never traveled before. So it was just a very extremely valuable um, experience to do something different every day for, I guess it was eight, seven or eight days, and then come back and be able to reflect on what I can now do in a very different framework. That's really, really good and very exciting. And on that journey, we had we have to include the environment in this case because we saw environments that were not familiar to us in the in the home grounds, right? And every one of them began to have their own drama. Remember how they they started? In by the time we had the weather get in there and the landscape and everything, we were already in the adventure. So it was very, very good. Okay, so then we come back this where we're at now with the book is actually how you form the habit of being yourself. You've pretty much covered that very good just now, okay? And so when 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 we see that though, when we actually see that this is we we are doing we're setting patterns and we're actually we feel that that's how we move the time of our day. We actually control our lives with our environment and how it is that we see what we do as a must. Okay, this is their routine and everything else. And what, what I've been talking to the most of you that are close to me is how, you know, I've come here in my 81 years and seasons, okay, looking at my day and then actually looking and meeting so many people and hearing their stories and seeing where they're at and everything. And, and I realize that I live an adventure. There's not one day in my life that's the same. I told you all I had to give up working with my day runner because I'd schedule my time really nice and talk about everything. And then the day would pick up and nothing in that book ever worked. Okay. So it's like I live the adventure. And when I see, I wonder after especially reading all the points that Joe makes with how, how quantum field moves, that you realize that you're actually building and creating a quagmire of, of things that you say you must do every day or how it has to be done every day. I mean, there are definite things in, in being coherent. I mean, there are things that happen in the day that's routine. You get up, you do your hygiene and get dressed and all that. But 
looking at how you change that. And one of the stories I want to share with that is I had actually come upon meeting a young woman in a quilting store of all places because I wanted a particular quilt and it was an it was a sample so I couldn't buy it. I wasn't about to go take a kit and try to go home and make it. So it's like I was talking to her about it and everything and it was I was so surprised when she said to me, okay, I mean I'm I'm in a store looking at it and she's she's trying to help me and she said, "Well, if you actually just thought of it in the quantum field, it already exists. So if not here, there must be some place that this quilt is in existence because of your passion for it. So just check other stores and don't always look in a quilt store. I mean, you know, I just had to bust out laughing in that. And it's like, okay, the universe is sending you somebody talking to you right straight up in your face, right? And so Anyway, with just talking with her back and forth, and she's she wanted some contact information and everything, and, and she's made contact a few times. And what she actually shared in her, her experience is that she every day determines that she's going to meet somebody in this day in some way that will be have a change and an impact on her life. And she made me that person in her day. And it's, and it's like how, you know, these are these unknowns and these unexpected that, yes, I mean, it's on, I'm, on, I'm on a mission, an everyday kind of thing that could be considered a, a, a given. But how it come out is how my life goes. I mean, I can, I can think I'm doing something that you would see as normal, and then I get this outcome. And I realize what it has come for with me at this point of my life is that I live in a bubble. And in any given day, that bubble can go anywhere in the universe it wants or in the world. And I just stay open for what the next thing is going to be, the next thing is going to be. And I realize that what I am experiencing now is that I don't even have the concept of how time fits in my day. It's like setting something up for three o'clock, like this show is a six o'clock thing and everything. As my day goes, it seems to come about. But I don't go all day thinking about six o'clock. And if six o'clock come around and there was something more demanding of time, I would give it. There is a freedom to coming into quantum knowledge and quantum mind. To become this quantum person is you have to find your way into that bubble. You really have to look and say, okay, so I get dressed every day. My closet is a bazaar, okay? It has. I picked up a piece here, a piece there to where there's actually no particular fashion trend in my closet, okay? And I realize that every day that I step in that closet, I ask myself the question, and what will we be today? And then I pick something, okay? And in, in that, I just explore the many facets of myself and reflections of my own reflection. And I realized how that changes, what happens to me, what comes into my day and how my day develops, you know what I'm saying? Just, just that. And then knowing that I have this stickler thing I have because I think I must have some OCD in me or whatever, okay? But I need to make my bed before I leave the room. Even if I didn't sleep in it, it's just my husband in the bed. I cannot let that bed go on bed. There's somewhere in my head I have made this principle that says 
I am effective and I have completions all day. So long as I made my bed, I started the completions, okay? And so I've got to where now I realize what is the habit? What is the habit of this? This, of course, okay, it's a good thing that you make your bed, but you know, it's become a habit. What do I do with not making it a habit? So what I've done with that, what I'm working with now is that I go to his side of the bed and make his side of the bed. I make sure I put his side of the bed because usually when we, what we do is we both make the bed. He makes his side, I make my side. So I told him, no, we're going to switch. So we switch. And then I started getting, seeing that that was a routine. So it's like, okay, so how do we, how do we do this? You know? And so then I began to change the way I, like sometimes I fold it back, like it's ready for sleep. Other times I make it very formal so that it's all complete and together all day and been looking at the different things that I can do with that. So now in order to not have that habitual situation, I change stones I go out into the garden and in the sanctuary and I pick up a different stone and I put it in the middle of the bed. So I'm actually purposely and on target making sure that the routine things that make up the habitual part of time space, I have something that I interrupt that with in some way. If you just start there, if you don't like pick any one particular thing so you can say it didn't work for you. If you just grab anything at this point and allow yourself to see, how do I habitually do this? I'm changing that. Okay. And then you do something and it doesn't have to be drastic. It just has to be different. And in you, in what I've begun to realize, it isn't even what I do that's different. It's the fact that I'm thinking different and wanting the thinking to bring me something different. It works. You have to give it a try. It's liberating, it's joyous, and it works. Anything that you want to share, Geraldine or Joyce? Let's talk about what we're looking at in the book now. What do we yes, see? I do have a quick one. It's in relation to what you were just sharing as well. And what came to mind was um, there's a, a beautiful, it's actually a club, like a weapon that I was given by one of the first peoples here, one of the Aboriginal people. And I remember when I first took it in my hands, I went, oh, that's so beautiful. And it's heavy up one end and it comes down finely pointed at the other. And I thought, oh, that would be a good digging stick. And I mentioned that. And the horror on his face was you could never use that in the earth as a digging stick. I made it as a weapon. Mm. So the complete intention of that item while it was made is understood to be totally present in, I mean, yes, I could change it and I could change it from my perspective. I could redo it, all of those things. However, I completely respect that the full intention and when we're talking about, you know, how do we do something differently? How do we do that completion? How do we place the rock from the sanctuary onto the bed? That intention brings us into the present time. Yes. And that's what I feel that emanates from that, um, that object or that article. And as we keep looking at this, there's more and more things. Like uh, I remember a time when you shared there's a special pen for signing big contracts. So I have a special pen. There's a special piece of music that I used to play the same song all the time when we won a project. And now we just play any song because we don't want to be 
like stuck in that. So that's part of the book. The next bit's really talking about how our memories make our internal world. And as we go back to things, we keep recreating it. And it, and just a real quick share of one that uh, I'm in progress with is that I still run a business with my ex-husband. And some people say, how can you do that? And it's like <laughs> one of the most important things to do is one to realise that I was the script writer of the original behaviours and I was, I was an actor in his script and he was an actor in mine. So the first thing is to change the script. The second is there is a lot of memories in me. There's a lot of memories in him. There's a lot of internal chemistry. It would be very easy when something is said to have a flurry of emotions, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, that would be of um, uh, resentment, not, not so much resentment, maybe like just annoyed or angry or not even having a real link with the emotion that's that particular moment. But it's to take that moment and say, is this emotion the appropriate emotion for this circumstance or is this an internal environment that still happens to be present? And that has been so powerful to whenever something's being felt to go back and say, what's my role in this? And to check that chemistry because of all of what this book shows us, the chemical addiction to emotion. And the person that you can most easily see how you're going with this is those that are closest to you. So if you find someone in your life who you say is your, uh, you know, the person who pushes your buttons, you say, thank you. I appreciate that because you'll find your buttons and then you'll know which of those particular internal memories you're allowing your environment to control you instead of you controlling your environment. And I feel we've both come a long way in that. And as I said, it's in progress. But the information that we're given here can assist you in what society can see as some of the hardest day-to-day -day things to go through. And I can say that using this information realizing its internal memories and the recreation of that or the choosing to not recreate it gives you a wonderful freedom and the joyfulness that, as I said, it's a tool. Look at it, understand the mind and the chemistry, and it is freedom. I, I, I love what you just did. I truly love what you just did. And, and the stories that we can share, yes, doing the material, especially for those that are joining us that are really very much followers of, of Joe's material and stuff. I'm sure they've read this book maybe more than once, like some of us, okay? And at this point, your stories help people then see an aha moment, how it can work with them. And what you just shared of working with your ex-husband. And the other thing, and in fact, I kind of expected that your answer would be the first most important thing in here is we have shared the birthing of two beautiful human beings, okay? And so from there realizing that's even the bigger reason to find a workable and agreeable situation, okay? And not deal with the conflicts. I, I think it's so powerful because it shows that obviously there was conflict because you had a divorce, but you're not focusing on that. You're looking at what each other can give to the situation, which is powerful because Andre has as much to offer to the success of what your business does, okay? So it's just intelligent, but also to see that if we can do that, 
it isn't doesn't have to be a relationship as close as a marriage it can be a relationship with our children and with other people in the world like uh, especially now being a, a public figure and on the media and stuff it's like what I can, what I opened up with and shared with what Joe's going through. It, you put yourself in a place to where you're opening yourself to many people's particulars, okay? And some will like you and some won't. And some will pick at something and some won't, okay? And that you have to do that. I see all of that as an opportunity to see another shade or another angle of myself and how other people reflect that. So you've actually given us a beautiful example of a recipe on how you actually move toward making this a contributing factor in your life, not a, not a wall, not a whatever. So I appreciate that. That was great. Uh, Joyce, do you want to have add something? Yes, I'd like to just um, bring forward the quantum law about such an infinite potential of waves that we can collapse by being the observer. And I think your example of making the bed, it's just such a simple uh, um, idea for all of us to recognize it, it doesn't have to be a colossal change. It has to be a pattern and a different way that we move through a day. So that, uh, and the other piece that, that Joe really emphasizes in this section is it's us that has created the locked in. So we have have collapsed those infinite waves, but we've chosen to collapse exactly the same ones every day. So once we recognize that we have only touched the tip of what's possible and we can walk away from what we don't want to do and live, then those infinite waves can be tapped in infinite ways, <laughs> whether it's bringing in a, a stone elder, whatever, simple way we can just do it different so i i'm really grateful you gave that simple example and not only that like some of the questions i run into with people that are, are very well read and following this is that we have to also re realize that what we're calling environment is actually the the ground base of how we we live at all you know what i mean and, and we're bringing things in it to just add charge and like instead of becoming routine, like what I've watched in some of the technology, which I don't I don't know of any books yet that Joe has spoke of this very much, but that when we are in in this field and we're working and everything in this field is about energy and charge, you know, coherence or incoherence, you have one or the other, you can't have both. OK, in the same in the same present. So then we're making decisions from the base of operation that we have, or the base of who we are. So making the bed is one of the most common things in my day. You know, it's just what I learned as a child and up into my adulthood and everything else, what I teach my children, you make your bed in the morning. I mean, so, but that doesn't have to become a, a negative part of the environment is my point. Cooking dinner every day, maybe because everybody in your family wants to eat at six o'clock or four o'clock or whatever. Those become habits. Yes. Habitualness. Yes. But what we're saying, challenge yourself to put a new charge in it. You know, uh, with the same with cooking. I have a friend that actually every one of her meals is a, a, a journey into another culture. 
So she gets recipes from all over the world and her family every night does, is surprised by what is the country? What is the culture? What is the food? So that like she was sharing with me that she actually had noticed over the year that not once in a year, and she said, and I make lunch and dinner, have I actually bought the same thing in the grocery store? And she said, then I thought, okay, how can I bring that into the quantum field and actually have something very sustaining come from it, okay? So when she brought it to her family, her family said, why don't you make the recipes? Why don't you share the recipes? So she's doing that. Okay, now here's the good thing to it. She wanted a Tesla car, okay? And her husband's budget and hers didn't support them having a Tesla car, okay? So she then said, I started putting the recipes out. But what I put out in the recipe is this is how the recipe is written. But here's some ideas I have. If you like a little bit more spice, you'll want to put a little of this in there. If you like more of the bland, you'll want to use this. So she had a lot of her own thoughts and ideas in it. People started buying them. Okay, she's got her Tesla car. A year later, she's got her Tesla car. You know what I mean? And totally, totally out of the blue, out of nowhere. Like she said, I couldn't understand. I didn't even know that I had this money. You know, and then I look at it and it's the exact price or the exact amount that we need to add to what we can have as the Tesla. So these are the unknowns I'm saying. Just she's enjoying this. She loves it. Something she's doing, you know, for her family. Then her family says, let's do it for others. And all of a sudden she's got something that's really a passion for her. Open your life to having these unknowns, these after rewards and the changing of just a habit. If anything in your life has become a drag, if there's anything that actually zaps your energy and makes you feel exhausted, this is where you want to start what we're sharing with you. You want to start there to actually finding what it is you can do, because there is, there is always possible change. Find something small that's doable to you, not something that's going to throw you out because you're trying to make some mammoth impact. Do that little impact and get the evidence. Gain the evidence of the fact this works. If you work it, this works. Okay. So is there anything else that we want to share? Uh, we will start with our rest of our guests coming into uh, next week's program. But also what I have done is I've invited other people to actually come on. The kind of show we have, we pre-record it. So having you, our listeners, call in isn't possible. Okay, but that we have like there are other people who kind of are regulars listening and send their things in through uh, text messages and stuff like that. I would like for some of those people to actually come on our show next week with some of their input or their questions. I mean, and I'm talking about those of you who have worked with Joe's material to actually share how it was. It's what part of that particular work or something that had the opening that you were looking for. So come share your successes. We don't want your complaints and we don't want your denials. We know that if you keep reading, you'll work them out. But we would really love to share your wins, okay, and how you come about that and what the story is on the change that you have. And know this, that as we work with you, you become part of us. So you, we're not just teachers, we're also students. And that what you share helps us understand ourselves even better yet. 
And so we're going to close this and uh, actually, like I said, go to your, your, your uh, Facebooks and any of your social media that you have to contact us and send in your request to be part of the show. And we'll actually make sure that we, when we see you check in, we'll call on you. Okay. Anyway, you have a wonderful week. Travel well, as well as be safe. Make sure that you do something different every day. OCO. Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash quantum hyphen leap. Have a great week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.